Book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. Can I tell you, can I tell you, if you get nothing from tonight, just let these verses minister to you. If you tune out after these verses, I'm fine, because that means that God just spoke to you. Ezekiel chapter, chapter 18 is, is really a message to you. This is God literally writing to you. These verses, I hope, you, I hope you read these every day this week. Why? As a reminder that God is for you and not against you. So I'm going to read these verses, and then I'm going to kind of pull out what I feel is really important from it. But before anything, the title of my talk tonight is this, Everlasting Life. Everlasting Life. You see, this gospel called Christianity we don't just believe that we live with Jesus. We believe that we die with Jesus. But when we die, we do not stay down in the ground. We don't stay six feet under. And we don't just deteriorate. We don't reincarnate. We don't go and turn into a sheep uh, in the next life. We don't turn into trees. We don't turn into insects. Can I tell you, your body's made uh, of flesh, but inside of your flesh, there's a soul. Amen? You got to separate those two things. You are not your flesh. Your flesh is not your soul. These are different things. You see, your flesh, your body, your dust will fade away, but the soul that God spoke into existence will never go away. You see, how God created man, this is how you know that we're going somewhere after this life. This world isn't everything. There's more to this world than what it seems. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Dun, 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 right? Yeah. It's not what it seems. This, it's not just you live 90 years and then poof, be gone. How many of us believe that when you die, that's it, you don't go nowhere else? Don't raise your hand. Because then the church, all the church people are going to judge you. I'm playing. We don't judge here. But you understand that. This life is only for a moment, and there's an eternity after the world says that, oh, no, you live 90 years. Oh, that's it. You go six feet under. Or people believe, hey, everyone goes to heaven no matter what you do, no matter how this life goes. You believe whatever you want to believe. You do whatever you want to do. We're all going to end up in, in paradise. And, man, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't have faith in what people say. I have faith in the Bible. And the Bible says that in the end... Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And in the coming of the Savior, when Jesus comes back for his church, Pastor Gabby talked about it this Sunday. At the end, when, God, when Jesus comes back for his church, he's coming back to a prepared bride. A bride that's waiting for him. A church that's waiting for him. Amen? So when you die, it's not over. You got a soul. God created you. What did he do? He took dust blew it into existence who's that Adam he used Adam to then create Eve understand without God's breath you're just dirt if God had never breathed into you you can agree with the world yeah we die and that's it but because God breathed in me his breath will never come back in vain in other words his words will never stop going forward Ooh, I wish you understood how the how sound works right so sound comes from here, point A, just died, point A, and I speak, ha, huh, and then like there's like these invisible sound waves that move forward. 
For you to say that you die and that's it, you're saying God spoke you to existence, but when you died, God's word stopped. His voice literally stopped. But when you die, that's it. No, you die physically, but spiritually, his word keeps moving forward. His word never comes back void. His word is never ending. You are an eternal being because God is an eternal being. He created you to be like him. The Bible says he created you in his image. So, yeah, you look pretty. But you will die one day. And your soul will go somewhere for eternity. That's either encouraging you or scaring you because of your relationship with God. And I, I got to tell you, living my best life, man, eternal life. That's really the life we're trying to live. I'm living my best life now, so when I die, I'm like, man, there's a greater glory ahead of me. Come on, there's like the heavenly of heavenlies I'm headed to. Like this world has awesome colors and things and, and all these shiny, bright, glitter gold, right? This world has all these awesome things, but there's so much ahead of this world. There's this whole other kingdom. There's this whole other place where the creator lives, where the creator hangs out, what his house looks like. My house looks pretty nice. My mom is a spectacular interior designer. If you need your house furnished, call my mom. Shameless plug. Man, our houses look nice. What does your house look like in heaven? What's the mansion God got ready for you? Y'all get hype about, oh, my new car. Man, what, what you going to be whipping in heaven, bro? What's going on up there? If we even driving, I don't know if we're going to be poof big on up there. I don't know. But, man, what am I trying to build in you? Think past this world. Think past when you're 90. You will die. Where are you going? What are you building up to? Are you building your life here on earth or are you preparing for what's coming? Some of us are scared of death. Why are you scared of death? Because you're not, you don't have that faith in Jesus that there's more after death. You cannot be afraid of death and completely understand and love Jesus. Why? Because Jesus conquered death. Jesus died on a Friday, and on the third day, come on, you know the Easter story. He rose up with the keys of hell and death, and he says, you will die one day, but you'll raise up in greater glory because of what I have done, because of the, pa the pavement that I've walked. I'm making a way for you. Amen? It's everlasting life. This life isn't everything it looks like. There's something coming. There's something more. You're going to die one day. I'm not, I don't try to be morbid. I'm trying to open up your eyes. Because you think that this life is all there is. If you understood that your life is this and there's eternity that you can't even count. Can you count infinity? No, but I can count the 21 years, the 25 years you've been alive. Why do we, why do we go away from God and the 20 years but we kind of promise God eternity. Why do we pray about, you know, all these, these, these 20 years and, oh, my God, God, I want to do what I want to do now. I want to do what I want to do now. Listen, doing what you're doing now is leaving out what's coming later. You guys hear with me? Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 21 to 32. I'm reading from the message version. If you don't have your Bible, it's behind me. It says this, but a wicked person who turns his back 
on that life of sin and keeps all my statutes, lives a just and righteous life, he'll live, really live. So a sinner, a wicked person, right, who doesn't know Jesus, right, lives their own sin, but then, then they find out about Jesus, right? There's a whole other life. They're, they're not ignorant to the, to the sin they were committing. The law of God, do not steal, right? The Ten Commandments, the law, it's not, it's not so we could, could literally follow it. And then when we follow it, God will love us. No, that's called religion. We don't work for God's love. The, the law is supposed to show you that you are a sinner. The law is a mirror that exposes your sin, but then Jesus stands in front of you in that mirror and says, if you have faith in me, you are righteous. Not because of your own works, but because of the righteousness that has faith, that you, you have faith in me, so now righteousness is accredited to you. But you don't gain righteousness. You're not righteous in the sight of God. You're not just, you're not holy in the sight of God without first having faith in Jesus. So you have a wicked person living a just and righteous life. Guess what? That's, that's really living. He won't die. I won't keep a list. This is God. I won't keep a list of all the things he did wrong. Some of you guys in here tonight, it's hard to worship because you think God has a list of every time you failed. That's not God holding the list up. That's the enemy holding the list up. These are reasons why you shouldn't worship. And you take that list, and I want you to draw a cross. I am saved by the grace of God. Stop giving me reasons why not to worship. Those reasons are reasons why I do worship. Because he uses me and loves me and gives me grace, not because of me, but in spite of me. Amen. So that's the God we believe. Right? Let's keep reading. I won't keep a list of all the things he did wrong. He will live. Do you think I take any pleasure in the death of wicked men and women? If you're a Christian and you take pleasure in people dying, that is not the heart of God. If you are a Christian and you take pleasure in wicked people dying, that is not the heart of God. If you have breath, God loves you. If you are a creation, God loves you, has a purpose for you, and he writes no one off. He axes no one out. He pushes no one aside. No matter how demented, no matter how wicked, no matter how dirty, you got a God that runs to dirt because he ran to you. Isn't it my pleasure that they turn around, no longer living wrong but living right, really living? Verse 24, the same thing goes for a good person who turns his back on an upright life and starts sinning, plunging into the same vile obscenities that the wicked person practices. Will this person live? Listen, I don't keep a list of all the things this, this person did right. Like money in the bank he can draw on. Because of his defection, because he accumulates sin, he'll die. Do I hear you saying that's not fair? God's not fair. Listen, Israel, I'm not fair. You're the ones who aren't fair. If a good person turns away from his good lives and takes up sinning, he'll die for it. He'll die for his own sin. If you chase sin all the way down the rabbit hole, you'll end up in death. If you chase sin down the rabbit hole, how far can I go in this sin? How far can I go in this sin? It'll lead you to death. And that's what God said. He said he'll die for it. 
If he chases his sin, he takes up that life of sin. He gives up his good life and chases the life of sin, he'll die for it. Likewise, if a bad person turns away from his bad life and starts living a good life, a fair life, he will save his life because he faces up to all the wrongs he's committed. He faces up to all the wrongs he's committed and puts them behind him. He will live, really live. He won't die. Yes, he will die. But he will die and go into eternity with God. That's not death. That's eternal life. That's what he's saying here. He won't die. It's not, it's not, it doesn't mean you'll live forever on earth. No, it means you'll die. Your flesh will die. But because of where you're going, you've always been living. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Verse 29. And yet Israel keeps on whining. That's not fair. God's not fair. Verse 30. The upshot is this, Israel. I'll judge each. I'll judge each of you according to the way you live. So turn around. Turn your backs on a rebellious living so that sin won't drag you down. Clean house. No more rebellions. Please get a new heart. Get a new spirit. Why would you choose to die, Israel? When you choose sin, you choose death. When you choose Jesus, you choose life. And every day you need to make that choice. Am I going to live my best life or am I going to contribute to my death? You choose life or death, Israel. I take no pleasure in anyone's death. Decree of God, the master, make a clean break, live. First point tonight is this, God forgets your wrongs. You guys here tonight? Come on, can I get a loud amen tonight? Come on, God forgets your wrongs. And for some of us who don't understand this, uh, I'm talking about like God literally erases everything you've done. The Bible gives us amazing analogy. He wipes me clean and as white as snow. That image, can I tell you, that's helped me in my life. Whenever I feel the dirtiest, I can just get close to God and I start envisioning white snow. I'm weird. I just noticed that. Because sometimes in Christianity, people aren't talking to you. You got to start talking to yourself. You got to know how to be independent. Right? This hope group thing is awesome. It's only going to build you up to be self-sustaining. Not in life, but self-sustaining in the fact that you don't need people to tell you to pray. You got a passion for God. I'm going to pray on my own. You don't need people to tell you to worship. I live a life of worship. You need people to tell you to give. I live a life of giving. That's the life God wants for us. Amen? I'm living my best life because God has literally forgotten all of my wrongs. He's paid the price for my sin. My sin, my dirt, all my past. When I met Jesus, guess what? I started on a clean slate. He comes up to me with all my baggage. He wipes it away, and he points me to my future. Notice in the car, the biggest mirror, the biggest mirror, the biggest, the biggest way for you to look forward is not your rearview mirrors. Those are pretty small. The, 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 kind of the biggest part of the car is like that front windshield, right? What's kind of ahead of you is way more important than where you've been. But you got to keep an eye on your rear view just to remember how far God's brought you. Just to see all the things he's brought you out of. But if you're driving the whole time looking backwards, it's dangerous for the people around you. It's dangerous for moving forward for those of us who are driving looking backwards. And God's like, you're looking back. I stopped looking back when I met you. I forgave you. 
I forget the reasons why you disqualify yourself do not exist because I've forgiven you. You're on a clean slate. I love you. Let's start this process. I forgot. Why do you keep turning back to it? Why do you keep reminding yourself of how sinful you are? How about you remind yourself about how loved you are? How about I love you? How much my grace is over you? God forgets your wrongs. And I'm not saying it's for you to just forget it and do it again. Forget it and do it again. Forget it and do it again. Forget it with God and do it again. Forget it with God and do it again. No, this isn't a license to sin. This is a license to be obedient. Because he forgets my wrong, I got a whole new day tomorrow. Let's start again, God. Because he forgets my wrong. Come on, I got another day tomorrow. Let's start again. Amen. Because here's the truth, man. You have, like, the forgiven life. And watch this. You have, like, the blessed life. I heard this, and I got to preach this. You have the forgiven life and the blessed life. Some of us are stuck in the forgiven life. All you know in God is him forgiving you. All week is this paving way for you to be forgiven. You have the forgiven life on one side. You have the blessed life on one side. Where you're being obedient and God will bless you. Forgiveness is a blessing, but there's more to Christianity than just coming here every week and just getting forgiveness. Forgiven life is amazing. Can I tell you about the blessed life? Signing up for hope groups and getting a part of just working with other people and understanding what God's purpose is over your life and the blessed life, walking into your calling, walking into your purpose, understanding who God is, understanding what he expects from you. These are real questions. You can't understand. You can't get unless you get around the right people. You have the forgiven life and you have the blessed life. I love this verse. I won't keep a list of all the things he did wrong. He will live. I won't keep a list of all the things he did wrong. If God stopped keeping a list about you, why do you keep a list about other people? Why do we do that? Why do we keep a list of how everyone's ever offended us since we were 12? Still my lunch money. <laughs> Stepped on my white air forces in the sixth grade. I'll never forgive her. Stole my boyfriend in the third grade. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't count. Boyfriends count when you graduate high school. Just kidding. Because I'm a high school, I, I went my high school sweetheart. So it's not real. Don't make this about us. <laughs> you guys here tonight? You guys with me? Because cause here's the thing. We keep lists about other people. Some of the most, some of the, the people, the people I've known to have the most grudges are those who believe in Jesus. And I'm like, where did, where'd you go wrong? If you got a God that forgives you every time you mess up. If you got a God that says things like, I'll take all your sins, I'll throw them to the deepest part of the ocean. I can't even find it. I'll throw it. I'll forget it. Why can't you forgive other people? If you have been forgiven, let the forgiveness of God encourage you to forgive others. If you are holding grace from people. What if God held his grace from you? I'm a better person because God is a better God. Some of you guys, you don't see yourself being kind. Listen, you'll be kind one day because God is being kind to you. You'll have grace for people because God has grace for you. You'll love people because God loves you. I don't love people because I tell myself, love, 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 love. Some of us talking into it, honestly, but, but sometimes it's like calling on the love that God has for me and using that love and channeling it to all the people around me. And if God doesn't keep a list against you, why do you keep a list against other people? 
Some of you guys tonight have to leave church. Start, start forgiving people. Start forgiving people. Isn't it funny? You come here every Tuesday. God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You go home, hey, you forgive me? Nah, I won't forgive you. Mm-mm. You hurt me too bad. Jesus died for you while you were still a sinner. He didn't wait for you to get yourself all right. He didn't wait for you to learn the Bible to give you grace. He didn't wait for you to sign up for next steps to give you grace. He didn't wait for you to start coming every week because you just come once a month to church. No, no, no. He gave you grace even when you were smoking, even when you were drinking, even when you were walking away. There was grace over you. Even when you were out doing the wrong thing around the wrong crowd, you were in your sin, you were in the wrong areas, his grace was still over you. Even when you forgot about him, when you stopped thinking about God, he never stopped thinking about you. His grace was over you. He loved you. He's waiting at his doorstep. For some of you out tonight, he's waiting. He's like, come back home. Come back home. The door's open. I love you you and I'm always here and I'm never closing the door and I'm never going to stop you from coming to me but listen some of us are waiting for the right moment for the right time to jump into the grace of God listen if you wait any longer what if your heart grows cold to God what if something takes your vision something catches your attention and leads you away from church and leads you away from God what then I don't know what's going on tomorrow what if tomorrow you get sick what if next month you get in an accident what if next year something you, you something happens and I don't wish this over your life but what if you know it's time for God to remove you from the world what are you gonna do when if you were to die to tonight would you say God I gave everything or would you say God I could have done some more God I could have probably poured myself into the church a little more I could have probably been a bit more desperate God I could have probably really jumped into this church thing I could have probably done it come on if you went out tonight and I don't want to be so drastic but man life is not promised can somebody go get me a, a, a Febreze, some type of air spray? Dale, just go get it and then run over here. Man, life's not promised. It's not promised. What if you went from this October to this December believing and jumping into the full purpose God has for you? What would January of 2019 look like? Thank you. This is one of my favorite verses. Your life is like a mist. Here for a moment, gone for the next. This is what your life looks like in the span of God's eternity. You want to see it again? So when you first see it, that's you being born. When it goes away, that's when you die. That's what the Bible says your life is like. Here for a moment, gone for the next. That's it. It's gone. No more. And isn't it funny how this determines eternity? This this what does the enemy say what does the enemy say do everything you want in these moments do everything you want drink whatever you want do whatever you want feel whatever you want have sex with whoever you want no 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 no. god you gave me a little time on this earth i'm gonna use it to give you praise i'm gonna use it to give you glory i'm gonna use it to be used lord use me use me lord i'm having fun with this thing you see what I'm saying? Man, next steps next month is going to be packed with young adults that are scared to die. 
<laughs> I gotta get involved before I die. I gotta get plugged in before I die. I gotta get in the ministry before I die. I gotta be a part of new birth before I die. I gotta be a leader before I die. I don't know what's coming. But I'm gonna give it to God. A fool takes tonight's sermons, wakes up tomorrow morning, and say, uh, what are we doing in 2025? A wise person says, wow, God, you gave me a Wednesday morning. I'm going to do everything you want me to do today. I want to be in your purpose today. I don't deserve another day, but you've given me today. That's why they call it the present. Shout out Kung Fu Panda. Here's my next idea. Here's my next idea. I'm going to give you a verse. I'm going to give you a verse. If a bad person turns away from his bad life and starts living a good life, a fair life, he will save his life because he faces up to all the wrongs he's committed and he's put them behind him. He will live, really live. He won't die. Again, it's not saying that he'll go immortal on earth. No, he's going to die on earth. But because of his faith in Jesus, that life crosses over to eternity. But I want to focus on the part that says face up to your wrongs. Here's my next idea. Face up your wrongs and put them behind you. Face up your wrongs. Face them up. You ever, how many of you guys love FaceTime? Some of you guys, some of you guys, some of you guys talk to your struggles with the, with the camera flipped. You're looking at your sin through the eyes of what's around you. You're looking at your sin through the eyes of what's going on everywhere else. No, face up with your sin. Talk about your sin. Face, have some FaceTime with your sin. No, no, I'm going to look you in the face and talk to you today. Face up your wrongs, the Bible says, and then put them behind you. Don't get the order wrong. Face up your sin, comma, and put them behind you. Right now, your flesh is reading this. Put your sin behind you and don't face up nothing. Don't recognize your sin. Don't talk about your sin. Don't bring up your sin to your leader. Don't talk about your sin with someone else. Don't face them up. Just put them behind you. But that's not the gospel. Face up your sin. Talk about your sin. Bring up your sin. Confront it. And then put it behind you. When you mix up the order, it's deadly. When you mix up the order, you'll be confused. When you mix up the order, you'll find religion and not relationship. Let me prove it to you, right? So imagine a couple. They're driving down Orange Avenue, and it's 10 p.m., and they're arguing, right? And, and it's like, oh, my God, you shouldn't have ate that light. And the guy's like, oh, my God, there's no camera in that light. I love you, baby. And um, so they're driving. <laughs> so the couple's driving, just theoretically speaking. And um, so, so there's like an interesting conversation going on. And, and, and here's the thing. So imagine, imagine it gets real heated. Imagine it gets, like, real, like, tense, right? And then, and then they, they stop the car. And, and they go to a gas station, right? So to two, a couple, guy, girl, this didn't happen, guys. I'm just, this didn't happen. Guy, girl, couple, right? Random couple. Let's say they're really intense to each other, right? Let's say they're going to a gas station. Let's say they come back to the gas station, and, you know, their nerves are building up, and they look at each other, and the guy's like, hey, baby. And the girl's like, I'm mad at you. Why are you smiling at me? And the guy's like, but I put it behind us. It's behind us. It's behind us. I'll give you another example. So let's say there's a couple, right? And um, and um, this has never happened. I don't know why you guys are doing this. Um, say there's another couple, right? And let's say uh, let's say it's the girl's fault this time, right? Just because you know whatever, guy's fault. Now it's the story. It's the girl's fault. Why is everyone looking at her? It's not about her. So 
So now it's the girl's fault. So let's say it's the girl's fault now. Let's say it's the girl's fault, right? Let's say the girl does something wrong, and then in the next morning, she wakes up, she walks up to him, she says, hey, babe. He's like, what do you mean, hey, babe? You know what you did to me. You know how you hurt me, right? Why, why would you try to move past something without facing it first? What, what happens when you, when you try to move before you face? There is no authenticity. There is no authenticity. If you're real with yourself, every time you mess up, you'll face it, then move on. If you're moving on without facing it, you don't know God. If you come here on Tuesdays and you're trying to just leave it behind you, leave it behind you, leave it behind you, you're going to be at the same place where you were six months ago. You got to start facing your issues. This is where I suck. And I boast on my weaknesses. Because of my weaknesses, God is strong. And he does things through me despite my weaknesses. Face up your wrongs and then put them behind you. Understand how God says, listen, you'll be judged by how you live. And the Israel says, God's not fair. Here's my next quote. God's not fair. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that God is good? God is graceful. God is gracious. God is loving. He defines himself by love. I am love. God is love. God is good. He's the creator. He's just. He's sovereign. He's Alpha and Omega. He's never, he's never was born. He will never die. Come on. He's just way better than you and me. He's way more stable emotionally. I mean, imagine if God woke up one day just mad. I'm going to just wipe out all Florida. He won't do that. Why? Because he's not different every day. He is the same always. But isn't it funny how God doesn't change, but our perspective on God would change? Isn't it funny how the people of Israel love God and worship God, and God says, but you say I'm not fair. Isn't it funny how God doesn't change, but sometimes our perspective of God changes? Isn't it funny how God never changes? He's always the same. He's always good. He's always God. He always loves you. But there's some of us that go through seasons of life and say, God, you're all good. And then some of us go through seasons of life and say, God, you're not fair. But God's never changed. You're not fair. You were good, but you're not fair anymore. Because now my bank isn't all the way up. You were good, but now you're not fair because you're asking me to actually be better. To put my old life behind me and to walk into a new life. You're not fair. Listen, I will never be here on a Tuesday night. And if you think that God's not fair, I will never preach and agree with you. I will never tell you it's God's fault. I said this last week, news, news flash, it's your fault. It's not God's fault. It's God's fault. Was it your fault? The attitude you have, is that God's fault? The things we're, we're, we're juggling, is that God's fault? Or is it your fault? Isn't it funny that God is good, God offers grace, and people still stand in front of him and say, you're not fair. God should have done this. God, you should have done that. You should have stepped in and did this in my life. Listen, God should have did nothing. Let me, let me humble you real quick. God don't owe you nothing. This grace is free. And it costs the world. He doesn't owe you nothing. He could wipe the world away and start again. 
and he'd have every right to. It's not God's fault. He should he should have let us die. That's that's fair. You want to talk fair? He should have let you die in your sin. Out of all the times you choose him versus you choosing a sin, if we do the math, it adds up. You go somewhere other than where God is. It's not fair. You're right, it's not fair. Grace isn't fair. But God has so much for you. And he owes you nothing. He owes you nothing. Every breath you take, <gasps> grace. With the, how many bad words you say with the same lips you worship with? God should have been cut your lips. If, we, if God was some leaders in Middle East, if God was like some of those leaders, you still they cut your hand off. You lie, they cut your tongue off. You grow your hair too long, they shave you bald. I just made that up. What if God was like that? You steal, he hurts your hand. No, 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 no. God doesn't delight when people die. He just said that I do not delight when people, even the wicked, are perishing. When the wicked are dying, I do not delight in that. Why? Because I love them. It's not fair in your eyes. But what's really not fair is that a perfect God loves imperfect people. Always and forever. And he loves you. Let me encourage you. A righteous life of faith in Jesus leads to eternal life. A righteous life of faith in Jesus leads you to eternal life. So you're here tonight and you're saying, Pastor, I want to start living my, my best life. I want to get to eternal life. I want to make it to heaven. That only happens when you have faith in Jesus. Some of us know church, but we stop having faith in Jesus. Some of us know the Bible and we stopped having faith in Jesus somewhere in our walk. It's only faith in Jesus that leads you to eternal life. Romans chapter 4 verse 24 says this. But also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. In other words, I didn't take the class, but I got the credits from it. I didn't take the test, but I got the credits from it anyways. I didn't study for the test. I didn't take the test. It was testing time, and Jesus stepped into the lab, and he said, give me the pencil. Walk away. Give me your scantron. I'm going to pass the test for you. I'm going to give you the credit. I'm going to give you righteousness. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It's only accredited if you have faith in me. If you have faith in me. Anybody have faith in Jesus? Give you righteousness. Here's one of my favorite verses. This is what God will do. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4. I want to read this with you guys because this verse, oh my God. Man, I don't know if, raise your hand, if, if something has ever happened to you so, like, just so hard, it led you to tears. It led you to cry. Something happened in your life, man, if your hand's not up, oh my gosh, you're in church. Rajan, have you ever done something so stupid you made yourself cry? Just so stupid. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you ever lost a loved one. Wow. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you ever lost someone to drugs. 
your hands down. Raise your hand if you've ever lost someone in your immediate family. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you went through a moment in life where you thought this was over. It's over. Wow. Put your hands down. Let's take another step. Raise your hand if someone ever really, really, truly just crushed your heart. Raise your hand. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you ever hurt someone you really love and you totally regretted it. Put your hands down. Raise your hand if you've ever been through so much pain that it drove you to the ground. Pain that just drove you, drove you to the ground. Amen. Put your hands down. I think one of us, all of us, have raised our hand for one of those things. That's what Jesus says. If you have faith in me, if you live a righteous life, if you choose life, that's what he says. Book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 4. I will wipe every tear from your eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. You see, in this is a verse talking about heaven. This is Revelation. It's the book with all the symbolism and the metaphors. And, but this part of Revelation gets so amazing. Which, where, where there's a place that there's no more pain. That there's a place that there's no more tears. There's no more death. I hate saying goodbye. I hate saying goodbye forever. But the truth is, is that our flesh goes away, but our soul goes nowhere. I was at a funeral, and uh, this young man believed in God. He loved God. He gave his life to God. Um, and he was battling cancer. He lost the battle to cancer. And he, he, went, he went to be with the Lord. And here's the thing. I was in that funeral. And, man, I felt like crying. I felt like mourning. I felt pain. But then something got into me. And I was like, man, we, we're here. And I'm kind of sad that he's not here no more. And I'm broken. And I loved him. But I know that he is in a place where there is no more tears, where there is no more pain. I know he is in a place where he is not crying because I'm crying. But he is pushing me and motivating for me and interceding for me in my life, in my walk. The Bible says there's a crowd of witnesses looking down on this earth. They're praying for you. They're encouraging you to keep moving. Put it down. Put the sin down. Put the addiction down. There's people praying for you. They're interceding for you. Come on. I, something came over me. Like, yeah, there's this life that we have. And yeah, you know, there's like a job and a career and all these things that that the world says is the most important question but I don't know about you the most important question to me is where am I spending eternity where am I gonna be for the rest of my life am I gonna be away from God or am I gonna be in the house of God and your life on earth determines your eternity God judges you 
on your life you lived, not the life you thought you lived, not the life you prayed to live, not the life you were about to live before you died. No, you went. That's it. All you've ever done is all God can use to determine where you're headed. Someone told me once, why is hell eternal? Because hell is like God. God's eternal. It's not like you go to a place for a moment after this. No, you go to a place for eternity. And it's based off your faith in Jesus or not. If I give God right now, he will bless me forever. That's my next point. If I give God right now, he will bless me forever. You see, I'm closing with this. We're faced with now and forever. Somebody say now. Somebody say forever. Forever, eternity, where are you going to spend the rest of your life? I, I want you to know that is worth more than right now. You guys here with me? I'm ending right here, so please don't miss it. You have the now, and then you have what matters most. You have the now, and then you have what matters most. Most of you have faced this question when you're trying to get into a healthy habit of living, and God, and God allows you to go into temptation and, and allows you to get hungry and look at other fast foods. So if you're, if you're trying to live a healthy life, you're trying, to, you're trying to, right? And then I don't know where the devil throws McDonald's in your way. And then you're faced with a question. What do I want most and what do I want now? Most, I want a six pack. I want my body to look like this. I want my body to look like that. Go every day, every, every day in the gym, every day in the gym, every week in the gym, every month in the gym. And then you're faced with those moments that you're, you're faced with a question. What, what matters most now and what matters most to you? What is presented to you now? What, what's most important to you? Remember once I was really trying to get fit and then I saw a Krispy Kreme sign, hot and ready. <laughs> Defining moment. Defining moment. I'm in a challenge. What do I want now versus what do I want most? Do I want the donuts most? Or do I want to look good the most? And the devil works the same way. It'll be when you're seeking after eternity and what matters most that he presents to you what you think should matter now. This matters right now. No, 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 no. This matters right now. No, no, this matters. Right now. Do this. Stay busy. Do this. Do this. You don't got to give to what matters most. Go to what, what feels good now. Go to what pleases you now. Go to what kind of gives you a thrill right now. Now, 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 now. And you got to get to a place of maturity in God where you say, I'm not going to do what matters now. I'm going to do what matters most. I'm not going to do what matters now. I'm going to live my life into what matters most. And God, you matter the most to me. So church has to matter to me. God, you matter the most to me. So your church has to be important to me. Your Bible has to be important to me. My Bible is more important than Vogue magazine. My Bible is more important than Sports Illustrated. My Bible is more important than Instagram. Those words can maybe build me and they might tear me down. But the word of God will never forsake me. What matters most with what matters now. You will live your best life if you ask your question every day. Am I going to live to what matters now or what matters most? And the 
truth is, is if I give God right now, he'll bless me forever. If I give God my now, he'll bless me forever. John 14, 1 through 3, let me read some verses. Let, your not, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And my Father's house, is where that, that song comes from. And my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I got, I'm going to a place to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I may, where I am, may you be also. What is he saying? I'm coming back for you. I left. Jesus died, right? What splits our, our humankind, mankind, what splits our timeline in two? Jesus Christ. Before and after death. After death, Jesus went to heaven. He went to prepare a place for you. He went to prepare the heavens for you. He is waiting to come back. What does the verse say? Come on. In my father's house of rooms. I wouldn't have told you. I left to a place to prepare for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you there myself. Jesus on the cross, he's with two sinners. They deserve to die. They deserve what they were getting. Jesus didn't deserve what he was getting. And the sinner turns over and says, Jesus, listen, remember me. In your, in your kingdom, I know you're the son of God. Remember me. And Jesus looks over on the cross to a sinner. He says, listen, after today, you will wake up and we will walk into eternity together. We'll walk into paradise together. He's talking about a place where the streets are gold, the Bible says. There's no mourning, there's no crying, there's no weeping, and Jesus is coming back. I know you've heard that from the church, but now that you're in Jesus, that should change your perspective a little bit. That God is actually coming back. Like he's actually, every second of my life, he's moving closer to earth to come get me. What am I doing? Is he going to catch me prepared or is he going to catch me slipping? Is he going to catch me in his hands or is he going to catch me out of his hands? And Jesus says, I prepared a place for you. I'm coming back for you. Revelation 1.8, I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Oh my gosh, what if God came back tonight, right? What? How would you worship if tonight was your last worship set? Oh my God, can I get the worship team up here real quick? Because I've, come on, run up here. Can y'all make some noise for our worship team? Come on. Oh, I'm getting a little riled up right now. I'm getting a little riled up. Why? Because how would you worship if you found out tonight God said, listen, after the service, I'm going to just come back for you. How would you worship if this was your last time worshiping? How would you give it to God? God gave you one last song to give him glory on earth. God gave you one last song. Come on, to give him all the honor. How would you worship? How would you worship? If you went home tonight knowing the end will come at midnight, how would you evangelize to your family? Do you see the urgency? Do you feel the, I want to give this to you. I got to give this to you. Why? Because the enemy's saying, oh, God won't come. Oh, he won't, it won't happen. Oh, just keep doing what you're doing. And you can miss out on heaven on earth. How would you worship if tonight was your last worship set? And I don't want to be too extreme. I want to bring consciousness 
to the ideology of the world that sometimes goes in us that we have more time to do whatever we want to do that we got we're just young we're going to live we're going to experiment no that is a lie from the enemy how many young people are dying every day how many people are following their own ways and is leading them to death and addiction and sin it ends with me anybody else first Thessalonians 4 17 then we who are alive who are left will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so we will always be with the Lord my last idea trade the now for what matters most trade the now for what matters most